Well, many Vancouverites, uh, very interesting. They've, they've been saying they're seeing more rats on city streets. Uh, and they're not the only ones. Even local pest control com- uh, companies are seeing uh, more rats as well. And perhaps it's anecdotal, but we thought we'd check in with uh, Garth Silty. He's a senior wildlife technician at All Green Pest Control uh, because it is something uh, we have been hearing a lot, a little bit more uh, this time of the year. Uh, Garth, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me on. So uh, walk me through this, uh, and perhaps it's anecdotal, but are you and, and those in, in your industry seeing an uptick in calls? Yeah, I mean, I, I can speak sort of in a limited capacity to what other companies are seeing. I mm-hmm. hear through the grapevine, obviously, it's been a busy time for rodents the last couple of years, but I can definitely say firsthand from our experience, we've been having a massive uptick in specifically house mouse and roof rat callouts. And why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, I think it can largely be attributed in some ways to um, historically we've relied really heavily on rodenticides as a province and things have kind of shifted now. Um, we as a company have always kind of been a bit less aggressive with the rodenticides and a lot more focused on structural exclusion and kind of a more holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So I think with it might as well be a lot of people are shifting away from leaning on rodenticides as much, uh, just as much as it is the population fluctuation. And so, uh, when you, when you say rodenticides, it's it's uh, it's the use of poison or something of that sort that generally you dealt with mice, and that was the way to go. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the rodent control. I mean, for the longest time, it always kind of has been rodenticides as the go-to maintenance cycle solution that most larger companies rely upon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is integrated pest management that you know seal up holes, reduce nesting sites, change conditions. You know, there's other methods at play, but generally the cornerstone's always been a rodenticide control method. Um, and I think the industry is kind of on a shaky ground right now because. Uh, a couple of years ago, that second generation rodenticide ban came into place, and it's you know now been per- made permanent going forward. And that so was that was brought in by what government? Uh, that's at a provincial level, so it's just BC that's contending with that. And you know we run into you know kind of I guess national policies for a lot of pest management companies that you know still still kind of view rodent management as being something that can be very very easily managed with rodenticides you know, in other provinces, right? So are we the only one that have, that have banned uh, the second-generation gen- rodenticides? You know, I haven't actually followed municipal, or sorry, provincial policy across the country mm-hmm. too closely, so I can't really speak to that. But I, I know, uh, to my knowledge, it's, uh, we're one of kind of the first, you know, big pushes like that. Generally, it's a, you know, a federal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the past, so if, some, if I came to you as a homeowner, or if it was another company, and say, look, I've got mice. How was that issue dealt with? Were there just traps that you would use? How was it dealt with in the past? Uh, well, I mean, I've been with uh, All Green for quite some time now, but in the past I actually did work for one of the largest companies in North America. One of the A lot of the big American companies have good presence in Vancouver, but um, I worked for one of them, and the process there generally was, yeah, just throw some poison down in boxes around the property, you can deploy some traps inside. A lot of times it was just deploy poison inside because it's, you know, easier as a company to go manage it that way. So that was usually what they leaned on is just throw poison all over the house inside and out. Everything dies, you know, done and done, minimum callbacks, very efficient, right? And, um, and that's now gone out of your toolbox in regards to, to dealing with uh, with mice. 
Well, I've been I've been with All Green for uh, six years now, and it's never really like I mean, rodenticide use on the exterior it is an item that is relevant from a maintenance standpoint. But we've always kind of leaned towards first generation rodenticides because of the reasons the second gens got banned. They're just not sustainable from a natural predator and wildlife standpoint. Hmm which is kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you're killing off the predators that were out there to help you in the first place. Yes. Um, but we've always kind of gravitated more towards, uh, you know, snap traps, as funny as it sounds, just what you can go out and buy from the hardware store if you got mice in your house. They're just good old-fashioned wooden or there's plastic ones now and every different variety, but just a good old-fashioned snap traps, actually instantaneous, humane. It's a, a great way to go for dealing with mice inside your home. Hmm. Uh, what are the things that we're going to have to deal with uh, moving forward? If, if we ban these second-generation rodenticides, how do you deal with um, rat and, uh, and, and, and control of mice? Uh, I mean, is it gonna, are we going to have to look at construction differently, waste management? I, well, mean, I mean, construction's a really big one. That's a, a big part of what we do because we, like as a company, we're actually a lot more construction-oriented uh, than most in the industry. Like we're not as, we do the maintenance end of pest control, but we mostly deal with that and going in retrofitting like, you know, rain screening is a good example. Post 2006 construction, you've got by code a thin nylon insect mesh guarding a gap around the home that in many styles of construction leads directly into first floor soffits where you've got electrical running to exterior lighting that mice can then follow into the structure, transfer to plumbing, drop on the plumbing and then show up on site, you know, from the side of your dishwasher, right? <laughs> so it's, and that's just by, that's a house that's built to code that's just you know uh, mice are not really a concern the only mention of pests in building code is insect screen right which is not a too resistant solution mm-hmm. <laughs> does vancouver have a rat and mouse problem um it, i mean it's kind of subjective to say it's I think every urban center is always going to have rodents. Uh, I definitely am of the opinion that more could be done for it, but it gets into that, you know, right now rodent control is the city's role and it's largely about their own municipal sites and parks and such. Um, And then, you know, obviously individual homeowners, businesses, individual landowners are responsible for their own properties. But I, I find that that's kind of created a bit of like a, it's not my problem. It's your problem. But you know, it, it, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like it, it's not something that's really being taken from a central point of, you know, like a common good thing of like a good example is that you walk around the alleyways of Vancouver, the rats that people have been seeing everywhere. Well, yes. those rats are reproducing somewhere and rats don't actually find their ways into structures very easily based on size. Like house mice are, you know, outweigh rats massively in terms of call volume in the pest industry because they're so tiny. They can fit through the size of a pencil eraser with their skull and then compress the rest of their body through the hole. Hmm. But rats, on the other hand, a lot of them aren't actually nesting inside of physical structures. A lot of it's stuff like just walk down an alleyway and you see, you know, a little bit of deterioration in asphalt and you can see, you know, rodent droppings all around it. You can see it's been burrowed out and there's rat dens underneath the concrete, little deficiencies in foundations, just small things that could be just be patched up and maintained, you know, from that perspective specifically of reducing nesting. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the most humane thing that could be done that would give long-term results is just reduce nesting sites, reduce shelter for them, and it'll actually naturally and humanely bring down the population numbers and make it, you know, far less of an issue than it currently is. 
Now, other cities are bigger, and, and I've seen some huge rats in, in my travels uh, as a reporter around the world, and uh, I'm no big fan. But what I found quite interesting is the city of New York has a, a rat czar. Uh, do we need something yep. like that? Like Because this morning when I, we were talking about this story to chat with you, uh, it came to, I remembered reading an article not too long ago that the city of New York has a rat czar. That's what they're responsible for in a city of 10 million people. But, you know, I know the city has some folks who work on it when they're called. Vancouver Coastal Health is involved. And as you say, uh, when you are called, uh, they work with homeowners as well and all that sort of thing. But there doesn't seem to be an integrative integrated look at all of these issues do we need something like what new york has which is a rat czar yeah i mean i honestly i i saw the news about that um like you know a while back when that was in the news i, yeah. I actually it was like ah, oh, that sounds like a dream job oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no i think that it's something like that would be really awesome because there are things that are less you know like again like rodent um you know, nesting in just small little spot deficiencies in alleyways is just, you know, one, if you were to take one item, that's, you know, a, a really big and key thing, but like little spot nesting sites and just not even preventing structural access, but reducing nesting within the city and reducing reproduction uh, through that. Mm-hmm. Um, like things like that are kind of, it's no one's real responsibility. Like no, in my experience in the pest industry, no uh, landowner really wants to get into like, Hey, you know, at the backside of this, large commercial site let's go and really patch up the alleyway and reduce nesting sites like we we often suggest it and that you know goes kind of unanswered or you know oh that sounds like a city thing a city's like well we don't do that kind of thing you know it's there's some kind of gray areas that i feel like you know if it were to fall on anyone it would be a municipal thing and it i don't think would be an exceedingly expensive thing for the city to undertake having like some standing um just like environmental management uh, to kind of complement the existing integrated pest management they have at their municipal sites. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, I want you to spill the tea a little bit because uh, you, you obviously know this area well. What, uh, you know, one, two or three cities in your mind uh, have a, sort of a higher volume of rat activity these days that, or that you've seen? I mean, honestly, they are, like I can say genuinely, they are everywhere. Um, I would say downtown Vancouver obviously is highest concentration, but um, a lot of other cities, like we get really high volume of call outs for rat activity, specifically in Richmond. We get a lot of call outs for Burnaby for rat activity. Uh, the North shore, uh, lower Lonsdale area, kind of a funny one, but they, uh, uh, some of the larger rats you were mentioning earlier, we do have Norway rats or dock rats. Some people call them around here. They're, mm-hmm. you know, verging into small cat territory and size but we do have them but they typically stick to kind of coastal areas uh they're they're sheer size like they just don't they don't move through urban environments as efficiently as a roof rat or a house mouse can yeah Uh, so they typically are we don't encounter them as much in our day-to-day so why so downtown would be the epicenter or the the one area that has um, by concentration more than any other place And, and why is that I think it's just urban density, right? Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it sucks to say it, but there's just a lot of garbage. There's a lot of, like, opportunity for foraging, and that opportunity runs year-round. There's a lot of different kind of urban harborage sites, like, you know, again, mostly talking about burrowing into the ground in various areas, but there's a lot of, you know, concrete over your head. Like, you know, you want to talk about a nice, you know, housing situation. Rodents have no problem finding housing in downtown Vancouver right now. It's to settle down, start a family time for them. 
Well, uh, that's the one thing most people can't say with the rents, with the way they are <laughs> Vancouver, but I'm glad the rats feel that way. Out of curiosity, uh, what's the biggest rat you've ever seen in Vancouver, in your world? Uh, well, being Norway rats by species, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty high. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what the weight was of it, because uh, the thing is a bit far gone without getting too yeah. <laughs> graphic on the radio. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, about maybe eight, eight, ten inch long body. That's good size. The That's a good size. Yeah. They, they get up there, but again, those ones aren't the ones you have to worry about. It's the, humorously the smallest, cutest things that'll cause the most headache based on the size of them, right? Yeah. Absolutely, and and is, does the weather now with the, with the really nice weather does does that have any impact in regards to just them being around and them feeling more comfortable, more of them, and does the heat help mm-hmm. or decrease uh, uh, to an the, extent? Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of natural, like you think of like you know brambles and such. You see a lot of natural, like berry bushes, this that, like various food sources that just crop up inherently all throughout the city. Uh, and that's seasonal for food sources, right? And then the other big one is shelter. Um, in the winter, it gets just cold enough that uh, a lot of shelter sites aren't suitable for, say, mice to have babies. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to find something that has you know a little bit of warmth or like a really, really good burrow. But, I mean, it's almost effortless for them to find somewhere warm enough to have babies, you know, all summer long. And they inherently just, uh, you know, biologically just are more driven to reproduce spring and summer. Uh, not to say that they can't year round for a lot of rodent species, but generally you'll see that population start spiking with the warm weather, more favorable breeding conditions, more plentiful food source. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they have huge reproductive potential and it's only really limited by food, water, shelter. But all those three are present typically throughout the summer months. So that's, you know, end of summer, like right around now is right when things get bad and they naturally do kind of get themselves in check a little bit coming into fall and winter. Mm-hmm. Garth, uh, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Have a great day.